Hi guys, what's up? It's Coach Allie with Powerhouse Pageantry in your weekly episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I cannot believe we are already on episode 116, but we're here. You have me this week and I'm super pumped to talk to you more about how to handle relationships as a title holder. We're going to talk boyfriends, family, parents, directors, friends, etc. All those relationships that come up during your title holder reign and how to handle them successfully. Let's get started. All right, guys, welcome to episode 116 of the Powerhouse Podcast. This is Coach Allie, and today we're going to talk about how to handle relationships as a title holder. So for some of you, you might know my story. Some of you listening might not, but I was a two-year title holder, part of the Miss America class over COVID. And because of this, I went from having a boyfriend to being engaged to planning a wedding, all the while being a title holder. So I really wanted to talk about relationships on the podcast today just because speaking from experience, I really know how tough it can be having all these people in your life, not only just being in a relationship, but family and parents and directors as well. You have all these people in your life that want to support you and help you, but you might not know how to communicate with them, how to handle conflict, how to deal with all the stresses of being a title holder or a pageant girl. It can be a lot. And let me be the first to tell you that those emotions are real. They're valid. I went through them. I know Megan went through them. And so I really wanted to unpack some of those things and talk about some healthy communication strategies for really how to handle those relationships around you. So first, I wanted to start with really a baseline of communicating with others. And this principle really starts with you. In preparation for this podcast this week, I was looking at a lot of different psychology articles and really reflecting on the past five years of my life, and I came up with a lot of these principles that I really think are going to help you today. Communication really does start with you as an individual. You need to understand who you are and your natural bias and your personality bent. The fact of the matter is, we are all different. We're all made differently. We all come from different cultures, different backgrounds, different life experiences, and that is going to make us communicate differently with one another. Even being in America, especially being an American, we have so many different cultures. There's a reason why we're called the melting pot because you have all these different cultures that come with different communication styles and different conflict management styles clashing together. And that's what makes up our our beautiful society. But it can make things hard when you're trying to communicate with different people in your life, especially outside your family that you need to get along with or you want to get along with. But this starts with you. If you don't understand your natural bent, if you don't understand how to communicate effectively and in a healthy manner, how do you expect somebody else to give you those healthy communication strategies back? So from a basic standpoint, you have to understand who you are, what those biases are, and even what your culture brings out of you with your communication. It's also helpful to know what stresses you out. How do you process information? How do you handle conflict? What makes you feel insecure? What areas do you need help in or you need to work on? What is the goal you're currently working towards in your life? And are you taking care of yourself? Do you have that work-life balance? Do you have the space in your schedule to unwind if you need to? Do you know how to do that? We've talked about those strategies a lot on this podcast, and it's always a great thing to have a refresh and a reminder of 
hmm, what are my strategies in my life right now and are they working for me? So with that, let's get into some basic communication strategies of how to have a healthy relationship with just anybody overall. These are just basic human-to-human understandings that will make you communicate better. Number one, and fundamentally, you have to have a baseline of respect. And especially in this day and age, this is something very, very challenging for a lot of people because there's an ideology that, well, you don't deserve my respect and I'm not going to give it without something being reciprocated back to me. And I want to encourage you that that's not really a healthy way to start a conversation or to start a relationship or have a relationship with somebody. You have to respect yourself first, respect others, and then they will respect you. And a lot of people have that backwards. And a lot of times culture twists that up. Um, by culture, I don't mean your specific culture, but I mean our American culture and social media and what's what's explained to you guys every day, what's uh, in front of our eyes as we scroll through our feeds. You have to respect yourself first, respect others, and then they will respect you. I promise that's more of a healthy cycle. You're going to value yourself more. You're going to see other people in more of a positive light. And then it comes back to you what you give. Number two is clear expectations produce measurable results. You can't be all things to all people and neither can the person you are trying to talk to. Healthy relationships are about accepting people as they are, not trying to change them. But communicating through those differences is also very important. So clear expectations will produce clear results. So many times when we're handling conflict or we're frustrated because of how we're communicating to somebody, it's because we're not actually communicating what we need. We're not communicating clear expectations and then things get lost in translation. Then we get frustrated that the result is not what we intended to be. So going in, at least attempting to have clear expectations in your communication is very, very, very helpful. Number three is finding your communication style. What works for you? And no, I'm not going to let you do a destructive cop-out by saying, well, you know, our personalities just don't clash and, oh, I could never get along with her. No, that's false. You're relying on the false notion that two personalities can never get along, which is false. There is a way, there's always going to be a way to make someone feel valued, seen, heard, and equipped to succeed in the task before them. You just have to have better communication. And that's a hard pill to swallow because I know that there are people in this world, everybody has them in their life where you're just like, I cannot stand this person and I don't want to be in the same room as them. And it's very, very challenging. Well, guess what? You can always be the olive branch or the bridge to extend healthy, positive communication their way. And you never really know why they're rubbing you the wrong way too. It could be your own insecurity. It could be a lot of things. So finding your communication style, what works for you is very, very important because if you know what works for you, it can help you communicate that to someone who's very, very different from you. And then it allows them to see it. Oh, this is how I can help this person feel valued. Let's find somewhere in the middle to meet and communicate within that gap, which is a very, very healthy strategy. Number four, and this kind of goes into number three, but healthy communication, take the time to communicate. Communication takes time. It's not just a random text here and there. It's not just a random email. No, take the time to communicate with somebody, especially, I know I'm talking generally, but when we get into more a granular look at some of these relationships, you have to take the time to invest into those people you care about. Otherwise, you shouldn't expect that in return. 
So take the time. Genuinely listen. Don't interrupt, which is really hard for me because sometimes I get really excited when I'm listening to somebody. And that's more of like a cultural thing because my family did that all the time growing up. So I feel you on that one, people listening to this. But don't interrupt. It can be very annoying for people. And some people grew up where that's extremely rude to interrupt somebody. In some cultures, it's not. So you should err on the side of not interrupting others. Ask questions to show interest and get clarification on things if you don't understand. Share meaningful information. Don't just talk about yourself, but really see how much time you are talking compared to how much time the other person is talking. All those things are healthy communication. Number five is trust. Be dependable and do what you say you're going to do. Reliable people make friends. Unreliable people let down those around them. I'm sorry if that's a harsh reality, but it is so true. Everybody talks about trust these days. We're talking about fake news, fake media. Oh, I can't trust anybody, whatever. But my, I mean, the news is probably not the best example. But when we're talking about relationships, look at yourself. Are you a dependable person? And if you're not, is that why other people in your life pull away from you? If you want these valuable relationships in your life, trust comes by doing a lot of times. It comes by being dependable and reliable and doing what you say you're going to do, being there for the people in your life that you care about. And if you do that, that builds trust with loved ones, with friends, with directors, and being a person of integrity builds trust. Number six is being flexible because guess what? Life happens. It does. You just have to learn how to pivot because that is life. Life is going on for everybody. It's not just you. I know you're busy. I know they're busy. Everybody in America, especially, but all over, uses busyness as a cop-out, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying you're not busy. I'm busy too, but you have to be flexible. And I know more than anybody well, I know just like you because I'm a three and I hate when things change last minute, but it's so important to be flexible because that is life. And if that's a hard concept for you to swallow, guess what? Being a pageant title holder, it doesn't change. It That's how it is as a title holder. You might get an appearance that changes last minute, change of venue. They might ask you to speak on something brand new and a whole different topic right when you get to a school. It might happen. So it's really important to be flexible and understanding and gracious in that process. Number seven is conflict. And this is my final one when I'm talking, you know, overall strategies for communicating with people. And conflict is a big one. So again, go internally first. Know who you are and know your conflict style. Actually, in my premarital counseling, this was something that my now husband and I learned about conflict management. The book called it, you're either a rhino or a hedgehog. A rhino meaning you're an instigator, an initiator. A hedgehog meaning you are an internalizer when it comes to conflict. And I learned that I was actually an internalizer. I'm very bold. I'm an extrovert. I, I can be very direct with other people. But when it comes to conflict, I can be timid instead. And that shocked me to learn because I hadn't really reflected on it up until that point. And so I bring it up now. Think about yourself in some conflict situations you've been in your life with your parents, your friends, maybe even in the pageant world. Did you want to address the conflict right away with that person? Or did you need time to like go into the other room, blow off steam? That could categorize yourself as either a rhino or a hedgehog. And it's healthy for you to know because if you're going up against someone with an opposite conflict management style, it's okay if you're a hedgehog to say, hey, you know, I love you. I just, I need to take a second to clear my head. I don't want to say something that I'm going to regret because I value as a person and I just need a second. That's fine. And if you're dealing with somebody who is a rhino and wants to instigate right away, yeah, it might be their first inclination to say something off the cuff, but they're going to respect you because they understand what you 
you need in that moment. And so I have found that it's very helpful to identify which type you are and go from there. Also, it's helpful to know the triggers of your personality type. Again, I know we talk about this a lot, but it's really important because, again, if you know, oh, this is triggering me because I feel afraid or this is triggering an insecurity, it can help you take a step back off the cliff in your mind, not say what's popping into your head the very first thing and say, okay, I just feel insecure right now. I need to unwind. I need to take a second. And it prevents unnecessary conflict. Also, focus on the issue rather than saying things like always or never. People have a habit of doing that. I am right there with you saying, well, you always do this or you never do this. Focus on the issue at hand because that's something tangible that the person can hold on to of saying, how did I offend you? Why are you upset? This specific thing. That helps people in their brains recognize, okay, I'm with you. I understand that this specific thing caused this result and we're not talking in generalities. With that also, use I statements rather than you statements so people don't feel attacked. Language is very important when you're handling conflict and having good communication and good language helps value those relationships that you need to be positive in your life. Also, take responsibility for your part, your actions, your mistakes, and your misunderstandings. Affirm their intent in a nurturing way. So express warmth, affection, and kindness. And finally, be okay if you don't get it 100% resolved in one conversation. It's really more important to have the conversation and not let it be a pent-up emotion that you bury deep and it's just going to come out in a, an ugly way later on. It's good to have the conversation and feel like you let off steam in that moment. If both sides feel like they were seen and heard, then it was a success. You can always come back to it and try to take another whack at the best problem-solving solution for the both of you. Because remember, if it's somebody in your life that you care about, you should be on the same team. And that's a great commonality to remind yourself of when you're handling conflict specifically of like, hey, I know it's heated right now. Hey, I know I'm emotional. Hey, I know I feel insecure, whatever it is. Hey, I know I'm mad, but I know that you love me and I love you and we're on the same team. And just stating that sometimes defuses negative emotion that's in the air at that moment. And it allows you to just relax a little bit. Okay, now that we've talked through generally how to have healthy communication strategies with people. And again, you can apply those things that we just learned with any relationship, but I want to take a step a little bit more granular with you being a pageant person, some key people in your life that are quote unquote helping you or should be helping you in your pageant journey. And the first one being your director. So my first piece of advice, being someone who's been a state title holder and dealt with multiple directors, I actually had more than one and I had one at the start and finished with a completely different one um, and had three in the process. So I have a lot of opinions on this specifically. And honestly, same thing that happened with my local journey as well. I started with one and then ended with two, which is interesting. But my first piece of advice with when it comes to your director is put yourself in their shoes. They are a human being just like you. And it's so easy to get into the lane of judgment when you're saying, oh, the, I sent them an email last week and they never got back to me. Or, man, I just feel like they're not doing enough or they don't care about me or blah, 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 assumed intent, right? No, put yourself in their shoes. A lot of these people have other jobs, they have families, they have other responsibilities, they all do. And their life might not eat, sleep and breathe pageant and that's okay. But put yourself in their shoes because it really helps humanize them, especially when there's conflict. So first, what do they know about you 
And what can they further learn about you? What are you assuming they know about you that, that they actually don't? You are this title holder for a reason, and they are the boss for a reason. Respect both parties. You're not 100% right all the time. They're not 100% right all the time, and that's okay. This is where healthy communication strategies come into play. So find out your preferred communication method and their preferred communication method, especially if there's an age gap or a technology gap. Also, what is the method of communication to others? So your parents, to volunteers, to your followers, what method of communication are you going to use? Is it Facebook, Instagram, email blast? What is the preference there? Also, what's the chain of command? Who do you report to? How often are we sharing feedback? Is there a system to even share feedback, right? Is the director open to feedback? Have they ever gotten feedback from a title holder before or vice versa? The title holder should be open to feedback from an executive director, but there should be a healthy way to do that so it doesn't come across as criticism, right? If you talk about it beforehand, if you have clear expectations, you'll have those clear results and the outcome that you want, and it'll be a healthy system all the way around. Also, this was big for me all the time, guys. What times am I out of office? And what times are they out of office? Talk about what times are appropriate work responding hours and what times aren't. So basically, it should not be the expectation to respond at 10 p.m. at night. And if it is, that is a harmful communication strategy that is in your life. I wouldn't even call it a strategy. It's just probably a habit is a better word. Um, But it should never be the expectation to respond at like 3 a.m. or sending emails at 11 p.m. Like, no, if you're working 8 to 5, that should be your work hours for pageant stuff as well. Or you can open it up to, you know, a couple nights if you're a student and that works better for you. But my point is communicate it and don't don't think that you have to be accessible 24 hours a day to your director and vice versa. If you're annoyed that they're not responding to your email that you sent at 8 p.m. and it is, you know, 10 a.m. the next day, well, maybe they didn't look at it yet or, you know, they were at home with their kids and then they wake up and go to work at 8 a.m. the next day. So they're not going to get to it until lunch or until the weekend. That's okay, too. And that's why it's healthy to have good communication strategies so you know what to expect and so you don't get let down by heightened expectations that the other person doesn't even know exists, right? Also good questions are what helps you feel prepared for an appearance? Does your executive director or director know that? Because maybe they're just putting something on your calendar because you're like, hey, yeah, book me for everything. And they don't actually realize that you need, oh, I need, you know, the title of the song that I'm singing, or I need to send them my presentation slides, or I need to know if I'm talking to 50 kids or 500 kids, right? They need to know those details and so do you. So if that helps you feel prepared and successful, communicate those things. Also, what responsibilities outside of pageant do each of you have that would interfere with your communication, right? Again, friends, family, work, school, all those things, life in general. We all have those things and so does your director. Talk about it. So you don't have these expectations that are in the clouds and then you're let down because you think your director hates you because they're not returning your email when they were just at work and hanging out with their kids. Like we just beat ourselves up in our brains so often. And a lot of times it's because we have these unrealistic expectations due to lack of communication, right? And the last thing I have here for directors is be okay with asking for help and advice. And don't feel like 
that means you're not enough or you're not intelligent or you can't do the job properly if you have to ask for help. I really struggled with that because I always thought that I had to be, you know, the smartest person in the room and figure things out for myself. And it made me look weak if I asked for help. And to this day, I still think that I have a problem asking for help, but I'm growing in that. And I think identifying it is step one. So if you need to know the answer to something or you need advice or help, ask your director. A lot of these people are in these positions because they like to help, they like to volunteer, they want to feel needed. And you asking their advice on something can make them feel valued and bring them into your world in a way that can be very healthy. And again, I'm going to say this a lot on this podcast, but remember at the end of the day, you guys are on the same team. So even if you disagree, it's okay because they're supporting you, you're supporting them or the organization, and you guys should be going towards the same goal. All right, next is with your parents. So we've talked about this a lot in a former podcast, and I think we're going to do one with uh, Mama Swan on here in a few weeks. So I'm going to keep this short and sweet. But when it comes to parents, I want to first say that I know that we all don't come from great homes. We all don't have good home life situations. You might not be living at home. You might be living with a college roommate who drives you nuts and has terrible habits. You might be in you know, you're home with your parents, but you have eight other siblings and your grandma's downstairs. You might be in insert whatever your story is, right? It might not be two parent household, two kids, all as well as good, you know, enough room to have your own space and no one bothers you. Like it might not be that, which is fine. We all come from different family experiences, different walks of life. And that's important to note. But what I will encourage you with is when it comes to your pageant journey, choose compassion over sarcasm or cynicism. I have seen firsthand where people use sarcasm or cynicism as a cop-out and they use humor as a cover of insecurity because there's actually pain in that relationship. And choose compassion and try and implement some of these healthy strategies into your life. Now, If you are in one of those households where maybe your parent isn't your best pageant supporter, that is okay. And I want to tell you that it's okay, but you're going to need somebody then outside of that relationship to help fill that gap and support you. Maybe it's a mentor, maybe it is your director, maybe it's an older friend, but you'll need someone to be there with you on this journey because it's tough to do by yourself. But it's okay if that's not your parents. Now, if it is your parents, there are some healthy strategies so they don't get into the annoying lane and aren't really overbearing to you and your pageant journey because you need to be able to stay focused. But they will be growing into this role just like you are. Parents are expected to know everything, but this journey is just as new for them oftentimes as it is for you. And again, they just want to help. Um, Respect doesn't mean letting somebody walk all over you or cause you to be stressed or insecure or unorganized. That's not what respect means. But respect has to be a quality of it. Communicate out of love. At the heart of it, they probably just want to help you and don't really know how. So if you can brainstorm a better communication method or system or method that they can help you in, or maybe it's one specific area of competition, that will help them thrive. All right, let's talk about your friends next. 
So we talked about this in the first section, but making time to invest in others so that they invest in you is like my number one thing when it comes to friendships. Um, And I'm talking in person, not online. We live in a digital age. You text people enough. You comment on their posts, but that's not meaningful communication. You read any psychologist talk about this, you listen to them talk, and that's not meaningful communication. It does something different different in your brain to sit down and spend quality time with somebody, look somebody in the eye than it does to see someone's photo on social media. It releases different chemicals in your brain. It's different. And your relationships in your life are not going to have the same value if you just stick to online and you don't actually spend quality time with people. Okay. So I'm talking in-person friendships. Set boundaries and respect them. If you don't want to hang out with somebody on Wednesdays because that's your busy night, don't hang out with people on Wednesdays. Like if that's your big homework night and that fits with your schedule, respect yourself, respect your boundaries, respect uh, your schedule and have friendships that respect that as well. With this too, communicate mindfully that the other person is going through life as well um, and you are too. We all aren't perfect. Life's not perfect and things happen. It's really important to communicate mindfully, which means with respect and with kindness and positivity, despite, you know, you never really know what someone's going through. Be open to feedback. Keep your friends accountable. Affirm them in positivity and support them in their goals. Be there if they need you. That's a big one. A lot of times just being there, you don't have to have the perfect words. You don't have to plan the perfect thing. Sometimes just being there is all somebody needs to have a good, healthy relationship. Sometimes you need to give them space if they need room to breathe or process if they're going through something. And again, I'm going to say be dependable and that will build trust. If you're the type of person who's like, oh my gosh, I've had all these friends and then, you know, we'll be good for a while and then we kind of fall off the deep end. Well, is it you not being dependable? Is it them not being dependable? And that can help you evaluate the quality of friendship or quality of relationship that that is giving to your life. When it comes to conflict, disagree respectfully. And then when it comes to pageants, communicate what you need for pageants. I think it's actually hilarious because in a lot of pageant friendships, we expect the other person to know everything that we know about the pageant system, about the competition. And we can actually come across very overwhelming to the other person And really, they don't want to just say, hey, I don't really understand what you're talking about right now. Or like, I love you, but like, this is just way too much. And maybe I'm not the best soundboard for you right now. Um, So be aware of that. And if you need to vent, maybe vent to somebody who understands the pageant world a little bit so you're not overwhelming your friend. But being aware of that and identifying that is the first step. The last thing I'll say about friends is make sure the people in your life are life-giving to you. Just because someone has been your friend since, you know, high school or middle school, maybe they're taking life choices in a different direction than you are, and maybe their values no longer align with yours. It's okay to identify that and in your own head say, hey, you know, I love this person, but maybe it's not best that they are the five most influential people in my life or the five people that I'm hanging out the most with. And there's several studies that say you are the five most people you hang out with. And if there's people in your life that aren't aligning to where you want to go and where your dreams are taking you, then maybe you need to cut them out of your life. All right. And finally, which I don't know if I'm going to have enough time on this podcast today because I'm already way over in typical alley fashion (laughs) um, to talk about all the ins and outs of 
you know, having a healthy relationship with your boyfriend or partner. And maybe I will try and get Joe on with me in the next podcast to do a little back and forth to talk about our experience being together. And as I was Miss Nebraska and going through Miss America and then Miss Nebraska times two the second year. But here's what I'll say overall about having a healthy relationship with a boyfriend. First, identify a toxic relationship compared to a healthy relationship. Criticism, controlling behavior, and manipulation are red flags. Those should be red flags. If you're with somebody in your life, and yes, this is the case for like a boyfriend in this example, but if it's a friend, if it's a parent, if if it's anyone in your life that is having criticism, uh, controlling behaviors or manipulation, that should be a red flag that that's unhealthy. And identifying that is step one. But basics, you should be with someone who is giving life to you, giving a positive energy to you, being a good influence in your life, that you get along well, that encourages you, makes you laugh, and supports you in your dreams. If they're not supportive of you in your pageant journey, that could be a huge red flag. And it's going to make it really hard when you are a title holder, if you're competing for a local right now, or especially when you win your state competition, to do it successfully because you have to have a good support system around you. And if you have a little negative Nancy or negative Nick hanging around your ear all the time saying you can't do this or you're you're not spending enough time with me or whatever, it can make it really hard. So it's really important that your partner identifies your dreams, understands them and supports you in that role. And have high standards for yourself, girl. That is okay. It's okay to make that list. It's okay to shoot for the moon. It's okay to have, you know, high goals for the man you want to be with and that's okay. If anyone tells you that that's not okay, let me tell you that it is because there are good quality people in the world and it might just take you hunting a little bit to find them. Find somebody that has similar values and goals to yourself that you get along with, gets along with your friends and family. And in regards to your pageant journey, set realistic expectations for what your year is going to look like. So if you are getting ready to compete for a title, Sit down with your partner and say, hey, if I win this title, this is what it means. This is the time commitment. This is what the expectations are. This is what it will mean for us. I'll probably have less time to spend with you. Are you okay with that? How do we want to communicate through this, et cetera? Those are really, really important conversations to have beforehand so you don't have this oh crap moment afterwards and it causes a bunch of conflict in your life. Okay, everybody, I am looking at the time and I am so sorry I was so long-winded for this podcast, but I will have to finish and do a part two on you know the boyfriend-partner aspect of this a little bit later, um, but I hope you found some value in this podcast today about some communication strategies and really overall having healthy relationships as a title holder, how to handle those relationships. It is really important to have a healthy support system around you, so hopefully these communication strategies help you to identify what's toxic, what's healthy, and how to make those relationships even better with those that are supporting you in your life. Thanks so much for listening to this week's podcast. I hope to see you guys very soon. Have a great day. See you next week, guys. Hey guys, Coach Megan here, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. We're so honored to have you wherever you are, near or far away from the great metropolis of Omaha, Nebraska, where we are from. We are so proud to be your virtual coaches. If you could just share this with a friend that you feel like needs to hear this today, give us a five-star review if you haven't already, and click that link below in our show notes. We promise we are the nicest people. We are the nicest people, we promise, and we'd love to meet you, and we'd love to 
figure out if you're a good fit for our programs or make a suggestion for a different coach, different consultant, different person that's a professional in their field that can help you. Um, the reason why we do it this way, actually, because a lot of people ask, is because we want to help you practice the elements of being a great title holder from the very beginning. And one of those things is vulnerability. One of those things is being a self-starter. One of those things is being able to reach out and cold email, cold call, cold DM somebody that you don't know because of the potential opportunity on the other side of things. When I was Miss Nebraska and Miss Nebraska USA, just letting y'all know that's how you get media. That's how you get appearances. That's how you get sponsors is being willing to put yourself out there. And so we want to help you practice that from the very beginning, learn more about you and discover um, if we can help you and we'll point you in the right direction for one of our services programs and the right coach for you. Otherwise, we will absolutely make a best suggestion for you in a different direction. Because at the end of the day, we're not territorial about needing to coach every person in the world. We just want you to find your right fit so that you can make your dreams come true and unlock the winner within you. Anyways, just wanted to encourage you guys in that today. Again, leave us a review, DM us um, on Instagram at any of our handles. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.